Well, welcome to church, everybody. You guys good today? Come on, how incredible is it to be able to worship with such an amazing band? Can we give it up for our band and production just leading us in worship? I want to welcome everybody that's tuning in online. We're excited to have you with us today. And uh, if you're new to our church, maybe because the building's been around and you just decided that you were like, I want to try this place now that they're open. Listen, I want to welcome you. I, I hope that uh, you find this community such a welcoming and loving community. Let me just tell you, though, a little bit of a secret that maybe you don't know about this community. And that is that you will not be able to find any perfect people in this community. Like, we are a group of people that are messed up, screwed up, and a little bit kind of whacked out, okay? Can I say that? And so, I just want you to know that we have one rule at this church, and that is that we don't let any perfect people in, except for Jesus. But other than that, we don't let any perfect people in, and so if you're perfect, I'm sorry, you're going to have to find another church to ruin, but this one... There's a group of messed up people just trying to do life together, and I want to welcome you as well today. And uh, if you were here last week, we actually launched into a brand new series of talks where we're just, we're talking about this idea that's almost ironic in 2020, and it's called I Choose. In a year, a season where it feels like so much has been taken away from us, we feel like we don't have the power right now to choose so many things, we've, we've lost that ability We've kind of decided, you know, what does it look like for us not to live as victims? Yeah, I know things happen to us, but for us to decide that we're going we're gonna to choose the things that we can choose, and we're going to live by a better uh, just mentality, a better faith, a better life, a better spirit than what is thrown at us. And so that's what this idea is. It's kind of ironic, but, but we want to talk about things that we can choose. There are so many things that you can choose in this life. And I want to talk about those. Today what I want to talk about is something that all of us have the power to choose. You might not think so, but I'm going to show you today that you do. I want us all to talk about this idea that you get to choose your spirit. You can choose your spirit. Everybody say, I choose my spirit. I choose my spirit. You can choose your spirit. A lot of times it feels like we can't, but I'm just going to tell you something. You actually can. When, when I say spirit, I don't know if you know what I'm talking about. Have you ever met somebody that the moment you meet them, you just think to yourself, that is the sweetest soul I've ever met? You ever met someone like that? If you haven't, I'll introduce you to my wife. Okay, sometimes she, I've never met anybody that didn't think she was the sweetest person in the world. Okay, if you ever meet her. At least I've never met that person that has a bad word to say about my wife. Probably because if I did hear it, they would find themselves on the floor. So maybe that's why I never heard it. But my wife's one of those people that when you meet her, you're like, okay, you're, you're a sweet spirit. There's just something about her. She's got a sweet spirit. But in the transverse, have you ever met somebody and the moment you had just a few seconds interaction with them, you thought to yourself, I don't really want to be around you. You ever met that person? Don't look at your spouse. Don't stop. Look straight ahead. That You picked them. So if you ever been around somebody like that, that there's just something about them that just kind of inside of you just went, I don't know what that is. I would argue and say that that is their spirit. What is someone's spirit? What, what do we mean when you hear someone say, you know, their spirit? I, I would say it is the totality of of who they really are. It's the totality of their personhood. It's a combination of your emotions, your attitude, 
your heart, your mindset. It's all of those things together that makes the spirit of somebody. You know what it is not? It's not your personality type. I think that's a big thing in our culture today. How, how many of you feel like you know your Enneagram number? Raise your hand if you know Enneagram is the new big one, right? If you know your Enneagram, if, do me a favor, on the count of three, I want you just to shout out your Enneagram number. Let me see if I can find out how, how many we have of certain types of personalities in this room. So on the count of three, yell your Enneagram type number. If you don't know it, just say 15, okay? On the count of three, one, two, three. Okay, the sevens are always the loudest. They're always the loudest if you don't know what a seven is. Um, we all know that the, the greatest Enneagram number is a three. <laughs> okay, that's my number, so whatever. But, but it's interesting today because personality types just rule the day. Everything is about my personality type, right? What I'm talking about today, though, is not your personality type. That's not what I'm talking about. Okay, because some of us go, I love sevens. Pastor Steve, he's a seven. Sevens are fun, and then you could be around some other people like fours, and you'd be like, I don't know that I like fours very much. If you're a four, I apologize. Uh, or an eight. I've been around some really bad eights in my life, okay? Like, like you can, you, 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 sometimes you kind of think, oh, I just, there's that personality. I don't like that personality type. Listen, sometimes what I found is that we blame a bad spirit on a personality type. But let me tell you something. You don't get to choose your personality type. I didn't get to choose my personality type. But I can choose my spirit. I'm trying to talk about it because I feel like in our culture today, there's this kind of attitude where we say things like, well, that's just who I am. Take it or leave it. We have, we've kind of rested so much on our personality types that we're like, well, that's just who I am. Can I just tell you, there's no personality type for jerk. That number doesn't exist. What you're really saying when you meet someone like that, it's not a personality type, it's their spirit. You're saying there's something in their spirit that I don't know doesn't sit well because here's what I'm talking about. Your spirit is deeper than that, okay? Your personality type whether it flows out of you good or it flows out of you bad, it has everything to do with your spirit, not the type. Because your spirit flows from someplace deep inside. And we see it and we experience it through our interactions with one another, but what we're actually experiencing is what's inside of the person. Here's what Jesus said. Can I tell you what Jesus said in Matthew 15? He said this, the words we speak come from the heart and that's what defiles you. One translation says, out of the mouth flows what's in, from within or in the heart. What comes out of us is a reflection of what's in us. And I want to talk about what's in us today because I think a lot of us are bouncing around like ping pong balls based on our experiences rather than determining that we get to choose our spirit. You actually have the ability to choose your spirit. I want to show you a story today. If you got your Bible with you, we're, we're going to go to the fourth book of the Bible in the Old Testament, the book of Numbers, chapter 13, if you want to get it out. As we talk about your spirit, I want to show you that the same people can experience the same situation, but because they have a different spirit, spirit, their response is different. 
And we're all going to face some things. Like you and your coworkers are facing the same challenges. You and your spouse are facing the same challenges. But how we process and how we respond to it has everything to do with what's inside of us. And so I believe that we can choose our spirit today. In Numbers chapter 13, I want to go there first. And uh, it's the story of the nation of Israel as they were about to head into this land that God had promised them. And God had brought them out of Egypt. If you were here this summer, we kind of did a whole series just really talking about that story. And God brought them out of Egypt and he took them through the wilderness and he brought them to the edge of the promised land. And in Numbers chapter 13, here's what we find of the story. God, God is there with Moses and Moses takes 12 leaders, one from each of the tribe, and he sends them into the land. He says, I want you guys to go in. Here's my scout team. You're going to go in and I want you to, to check out the land. I want you to see the, see the harvest and, and, and see the cities and just basically come back with a report of the land because they wanted to know how do we go in, how do we conquer it, how do we take it, what's the order. And so Moses sends out 12 men and uh, they come back with a report. And when they come back with the report, they say, oh my gosh, Moses, you're not going to believe it. The land is beautiful. Like, I don't know how, but it, it has beachfront condos everywhere, even inland. It is so perfect. The fruit is massive. The crops are incredible. It is the best piece of property you could ever imagine. God gave us better than we deserve. But they also said, you should see the armies. And you should see the people. We would be outnumbered, outgunned, outmatched. So, the walls are humongous. The cities are fortified. There's no way we could take the city. And then there was a guy that went, one of these men who, who was part of the 12. His name was Caleb. And Caleb spoke up in this moment. That's where we're going to dive in. Verse 30, Numbers 13, verse 30. It says, then Caleb silenced the people before Moses and said, here's what he said. We should go up and take possession of the land. For we, what, what's that little word that he said? Everybody say it out loud. For we, ooh, for we can certainly do it. I know it looks scary, but we can do this, guys. I love his spirit. We, a, a can-do spirit. We can do this. And then it says in verse 31, but the men who had gone up with him said, we can't. We can't attack those people for they are stronger than we are. And they spread among the Israelites a bad report about the land they had explored. They said the land we explored devours those living in it. All the people we saw there were of great size. We saw the Nephilim there. How many of you would be scared if you saw the Nephilim? How many of you have no idea what the Nephilim was? It says they're the descent, and it says the descendants of Anak come from the Nephilim. These were known to be people of mass size, giants in the land. It said we seem like grasshoppers in our own eyes, and surely we look the same to them. You know, you know this story highlights people who all experience the same thing, but with a different spirit. There's something about Caleb's response that is different than everybody else's. In fact, as you read this story, it wasn't just Caleb. There were two out of the 12. There were two out of the 12, Caleb and Joshua, 
that came back with a can-do spirit. I like people that have a positive spirit, don't you? I like people that, that see things through the, the lens of faith and not through the lens of fear. There, there was something about them. They came back and they said, we can do this, guys. We've seen all the miracles. You remember the Red Sea and you remember all the things in the wilderness and how God was with us. Come on. God has said he's going to give it to us. We can certainly do this. I love this spirit that they have. But in the, in the opposite, the transverse, we have these ten men who are like filled with fear. And they say, we can't do this. We're going to get wiped out. We're going to get taken out. There's no way that we can do this. And what's so interesting to me is to see that there's a different response. But, but it's the same it's the same perspective. They saw the same thing, but they saw it completely different. Ten of them had a positive or a negative critical spirit. Can I tell you something about negativity? Can I tell you something about a critical attitude, a critical spirit? Let me, let me tell you this. A negative and critical spirit always spreads faster than a positive one. Have you ever noticed how you, you can have one negative person walk into the room and it takes the whole room down? That there's something about a negative and a critical spirit that tends to just spread almost like a virus. It can, it can spread really fast. In fact, do you know that the, the, uh, the negative report, I don't know if you noticed this, it said that the, the 10 went and spread a bad report to the rest of Israel, while only two of them are trying to spread a positive report to the rest of Israel. Can I ask you just simply mathematics, and some of you are really good at math. Which is going to spread faster? The critical report or the faith-filled report? Which is going to spread faster? The, the critical report. Why? Because 10 of them were spread, in fact, five times faster because there were that many more. I was watching this, this documentary on TV. I would encourage you to watch it. It was fascinating. kind of blew my mind, and it scared me at the same time. It's called The Social Dilemma. I don't know if you've seen it or not, but it, it, it has all of these executives for, that were part of Google and uh, Instagram and Facebook, people that designed it, that were no longer with it, that were talking about what scared them, about what they've created. And one of the executives said this. Um, he said, fake news, yeah, it exists. He said, fake news travels six times faster on the Internet than real news. And I thought, that's almost exactly what we see right here in Numbers chapter 13. That a negative, critical spirit will travel way faster than a positive, faith-filled one. And here's what we need to realize, and I want you to get this. Your spirit is contagious. Your spirit is contagious. In other words, you have the ability to infect the people around you. When you go to work, you take your spirit with you. And you walk into the space and you have the ability to influence or affect or infect the people in the office. When you go to school, your spirit is contagious. When you're with your friends, your spirit is contagious. That can be good and that can be bad. You can infect someone with a positive, faith-filled outlook, or you can bring the room down. What, what matters is what's inside of you. That's what matters. What's in you? That's why it matters. You know what? I was thinking about how we have spent the last six months of our life 
trying so hard to keep from being infected by a virus because it can affect our bodies. But how many of us have ever considered how much our spirit has been infected over the last six months and all that we've dealt with because we've been exposed to nothing but fear, exposed to nothing but this is the story that we've been, we've been exposed to. You can be infected, your spirit, or you can have the kind of spirit that infects others. I don't know about you, but I want a Caleb spirit. How about you? I want a Caleb spirit. There was something different about Caleb. He had something different. That, that's why I love what the Word of God says in Numbers chapter 14, verse 24. Let, let me read this to you. This is what God said about Caleb. He said this, but because my servant Caleb has a what? Everybody say it out loud. Has a different, come on. He said, but my servant Caleb has a different spirit and he follows me wholeheartedly. I will bring him into the land he went into and his descendants will inherit the land. Do you know what happened in this moment? The loud voices, the negative spirit actually won out and the entire nation of Israel rebelled and said, we're not going into that land that God had promised. And because of that, God said, fine, then you all can die in the desert. And that entire adult generation died in the desert and it wasn't until the next generation that they would go in. There were only two people of that adult generation that got to walk into the promised land, Caleb and Joshua. Caleb had a different spirit. How is it that he could choose to see his situation differently because he had a different spirit in him? The reason why, as Christ followers, if you are a Jesus person, and his spirit dwells inside of you, what you need to know is that you have a different spirit in you than the rest of the world, which means that you walk into every situation and you see it differently. I'm talking to some people that have a faith-filled spirit. It should, it should be different, guys. You can choose. The reason why the world can't choose a different spirit the reason why in the world today everybody is so discouraged and depressed and don't have hope is because we live in a broken, messed up world. It's the natural response. But it's different if you are faith-filled and you have the Spirit of God inside of you. You see it differently because you have hope inside of you. But God's Word says that hope deferred makes the heart sick. The reason why our world feels sick today is because people don't have hope. Let me just tell you something. I got hope. I got hope as long as Jesus is alive and I see him working in our world and there's my eternity set before me, I've got hope. And because I've got hope, I, I can go into every situation, no matter how dark it is, and I can bring the right spirit into that room. We need to have the right spirit. I want you to, to take an internal check today. Do I have a different spirit? Or do I kind of just look like the rest of the world? See, there's something about a Christ follower that we should look different in this world. I'm not saying we, we should be weird, but there should be something different about us. There should be. We have a different spirit. I want to I share with you today three attributes of a different spirit. Th these are things that I believe that as Christ followers, and I want to say specifically in this community that I pray that we have that flows out of us. In fact, this was something I shared with our servant leaders a year ago. And I felt like this was something that 
reflects, I pray, the spirit of this house, and I want it to be reflected in our entire community. And so there are three attributes I want to share with you today. I, would, I, want you to, I want you to be challenged by these. I want you to go home and go, do I have that kind? I want you to ask other people, do I have that kind of spirit? Three, three attributes of a different spirit. The first one is this. Uh, I believe that as God's people, I believe we should have an enthusiastic spirit. Do you have an enthusiastic spirit? Didn't sound like it. Let me say it again. Do you have an enthusiastic spirit? That's, that's getting better now. You, you know what it's like when you meet somebody for the first time and there's something about them that just exudes a sense of like joy? Have you ever, you ever met someone and you've wondered, this is what I do, sometimes I wonder, I wonder if they are a believer. Have you ever met someone that just, they're so positive, they have this energy about them, they just say, every time I meet someone like that, I'm so intrigued to go, do they, do they have a faith? Do they follow? And almost every single time, can I just tell you, as you get to talk to them, you find out that they are someone that has faith? And, and why is it that, that they're different? It's because of what's inside of them. There's a sense of enthusiasm that's inside of them that is not normal in our world today. And I just happen to believe that as Christ followers, that we should have a sense of enthusiasm. Why in the world do we have a sense of enthusiasm? So like, some of you are like, well, I, I just, I, I'm not like that. I just, I need coffee, like a pot and a half every day just to put a smile on my face. Some of you, like, just go through life and, and you just, you're like, I, I wish I had some enthusiasm, Pastor. I wish I could, you know, I see, you, you seem like you're really excited to be here. I, I want you to be excited to be here. I, want, I think we should all be excited to be here. I think if, if there's a reason to, to be alive and if there's a reason to have hope for tomorrow and if you have been set free from the things of this world that have like bound you up, I'm talking about some good news. Like if you've got some good news in a world that's full of bad news, then maybe we ought to just have a spirit that reflects the good news that we believe in our hearts. I'm talking about the good news of Jesus. Are you happy to be here today? Are you excited? Because sometimes, I'll be honest, I feel like I, I show up at church and I look around and I see some faces of people that look like someone drugged them to church today. Who made you get out of bed today? Angry at your alarm clock? Ready to kill somebody? You're not awake yet? I love what Psalm 122 says. I was glad when they said, let us go up to the house of the Lord. Every single time we get an opportunity to come and worship God in this place, we ought to come a little bit excited. We ought to have a sense of enthusiasm. My God's not dead. He's alive. No matter what I face in my life, I'm excited to be here. I know I had a hard week, but I came ready to give God some praise. We should be excited to be here. I, 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 I see some people, and, 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 and I know you're, you're looking at me, and you're like, oh, I know you bounce all over the place, and I know you don't need coffee, and so you must have some natural enthusiasm inside of you. All I know is that when the Spirit of God reigns inside of you, that the fruit of that is joy. You should have some joy in your life. If your life is miserable, you need to do a spirit check. 
I know your job might be miserable, but it doesn't mean your spirit has to be miserable. I know you might be facing some really difficult financial situations, but that does not have to define your spirit. Well, some people say, well, that's just not my personality. I don't want to be fake. I'm just like this. No, I'm excited on the inside. What? What? What do you mean that's not your personality? I'm not, I'm not saying that, that we got to be fake. There's times, I get it, when you're going through something where you just, you know what I found? You wear it. I get that. I get that. But I have heard this before, and I think sometimes you do have to do this. You ever heard of fake it till you make it? Sometimes you actually do that when you look at your situation and you say, it doesn't look like I have anything to be excited about. I think about what David said in Psalm 42. He said, why, oh my soul, are you downcast? Why are you so disturbed within me? Yet will I put my hope in the Lord, yet will I praise him. Sometimes you got to speak to your own spirit and say, I know my situation doesn't look good, but I still have reason to thank God. So when I go to church, I'm going to come ready. I'm going to be enthusiastic, ready to say, God, I'm going to give you my best today. Well, I do, but I'm doing it on the inside. <laughs> Can I tell you something about your face? Your face is a reflection of your spirit. Your face, your countenance, is a reflection of what's inside. And I'll be honest with you, I, I see some Christ followers that I just wonder when I look at their face. You ever looked at just some people? And you thought to yourself, my gosh, they have the worst RBF I've ever seen. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? You know what I'm talking about? Some you don't know. I'm talking about resting bitter face. What did you, you think I was going to say? Resting bitter face. Bitter face. Can I just tell you that your face reflects your spirit? I love what Proverbs 15, 13 says. It says a glad heart makes a happy what? Come on, let's do it. We can say it better than that. A glad heart makes a happy. A glad heart, a heart filled with joy, a heart filled with purpose, a heart that's filled with the Spirit of God should make a happy face. But it says this, but a broken heart crushes the Spirit. And I know there's times where we're going to go through things, but I think for the most part, if you're a follower of Jesus, you ought to have an enthusiastic spirit. I think, I think you ought to have something to be happy about. I remember when I, when I was a kid, I remember this uh, song that I learned. It's called the Happy Song. Did any of you know the Happy Song? Not the Pharrell version. I'm talking about the OG Happy Song. You know that song? Some of you went to church when you were a kid. Remember this one? It was like, uh, if you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. If you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. If you're happy and you know it, then your face will surely show it. If you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. If you're happy and you know it, stomp your feet. 
If you're happy and you know it, stomp your feet. If you're happy and you know it, then your life will surely show it. If you're happy and you know it, stomp your feet. Come on, third, no, I'm just kidding. I just, I don't remember all of them. It just goes on and on. But I just think that we, we need to check our spirit before we leave the house. Look in the mirror and go, you know what? God is good. I know it might be raining and I know it might be Monday and I know I might be tired and all I know, but you know what? God is good. And when I walk to work and when I go to school and when I get around other people, I'm going to let my enthusiastic spirit do the talking for me today. Amen? Come on, that's the first attribute I want people to experience is an enthusiastic spirit. The second one is this, an encouraging spirit. Can I say this? If enthusiasm is in you, encouragement should flow out of you. If there's something inside of you that is full of encouragement, what is encouragement? It's to put courage in. If God has put courage in you, it should flow out of you. Jesus said, out of the mouth flows what's in the heart. And I just, I just believe that whenever people interact with us, my hope and prayer is that they should leave that experience more encouraged than when they met us. I believe that for all of us, that we need to have an encouraging spirit. There's enough discouragement in our world today that what does it look like for people to come in contact with the, the people of God? They should leave encouraged every time. How do I know if I have an encouraging spirit? Ask the person next to you. Are you more encouraged when you're around me or not? I, I want people to, listen, I want that reflected in this house. I want when people show up at this church, no matter how bad their life has been, how rough their week has been, you know what I want? I want every single time we gather together and we leave, we should leave encouraged, encouraged in the Lord, encouraged by one another. We should leave encouraged. Listen, I know sometimes I might preach some really challenging things, but I still want you to leave encouraged. I want us to leave encouraged, filled with faith, saying, you know what? I know I might be struggling in this, but God is good, and God's going to bring me through it. See, here's the thing. You can choose to be an encourager. You can choose it. You might have to choose it, and we should choose it. So what does it look like for me as I go to school or work or my life or the gym and to think I'm not just here to do my thing. I'm here to look for somebody that I can encourage today. I want to have an encouraging spirit. Why? Because people around us are carrying such heavy burdens. Some of you, you're carrying something really heavy today. There's some of you that you you got a kid who's battling a disease. You're worried about having to file bankruptcy if this keeps going. You're worried that you're still going to be married at the end of this pandemic. Like, you're struggling. We're carrying burdens. And the last thing that should happen is that people come and interact with us and we don't help them carry it. We should bring a sense of encouragement to every conversation that we have. I'm challenged by this because sometimes I'm so focused on what I need to do that I can miss that I need to encourage somebody around me. I, I want an encouraging spirit. If I, his enthusiasm is in me, if God's goodness is in me, his courage is in me, it needs to spill out of me. I love what Hebrews 3 verse 13 says. It says, but encourage one another how often, everybody say it, encourage one another daily. daily. How often should we encourage somebody? 
daily. How often should you encourage your spouse? Daily. How often should you encourage your kids? Daily. How often should you encourage your coworkers? Daily. And he said this, here's the, here's, here's the prerequisite. As long as it's called today. Okay. That's, that's today. That's every day. Here's why. So that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. Wait, hold up. I don't know if you missed that. You might have to underline that verse. You might have to go back and process it. Because encouragement is more powerful than we realize. Encourage one another daily so that none of you will be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. Sin is such a trap. It is so deceitful that we don't even see it and it grabs onto us. And when sin grabs onto your heart, it will harden your heart. Can, can I just tell you something about a hardened heart? A hardened heart produces a toxic spirit. You meet somebody that you go, that person's toxic. I promise you it's because they have a hardened heart. I've never met anybody who has a soft heart toward God, toward his spirit, toward the things he's want to do, who also has a toxic spirit. I can always tell when something's wrong on the inside because I experience a little bit of their toxicity. There's not encouragement coming out of their mouth. There's discouragement. There's doubt. There's fear. There's critical attitude. There's negativity. When you experience that at the hands of somebody, I can promise you this. Sin has hardened their heart. And what the writer of Hebrews says is this is why we've got to encourage each other. Because it's a battle. And it's a struggle. We're all struggling. We're just trying to learn how to follow Jesus. And we're dealing with all temptations and everything. And you and I, you know what? We need, we need encouragement. We don't need to be beat over the head. I think in the church we've done that far too much. I think sometimes it's kind of felt like, hey, I fell down, I messed up, I screwed up, and all of a sudden sometimes the church is wanting to come in and condemn and knock down. All I know is maybe we need some encouragement. The righteous might fall seven times, but they get back up again. Maybe what we need is we need to be encouraged from time to time. Hey, I know you're struggling with this addiction, but can I just tell you, God with you, he's going to get you through it. Some of us need that so that our hearts don't get hardened and toxic attitude and spirit doesn't flow out of us. Can't, can't put up with toxicity. I want to have an enthusiastic spirit. I want to have an encouraging spirit. And lastly, I want to have an expectant spirit. If there's anything that should define someone who has faith, it's an expectant spirit. Can I ask you a question? Do you expect God to do miracles in your life? I think we like to say yes, but I think most of the time we don't. I think a lot of times we, we, we think to ourselves, I believe, but our spirit is not expectant. I believe God, but I, but I don't have an expectant spirit. And Jesus said one time, according to your faith, will it be done to you? The reason why sometimes we don't experience all that God has for us is because we don't have the kind of faith where we expect it to happen. I'm not talking about name and claim it. I'm talking about do you have the kind of faith that says, I believe God moves mountains. 
I believe God still rescues. I believe God still heals. I believe God still changes. See, I want to have an expectant heart. I once heard that an expectant heart is a breeding ground for miracles. And if there's something that should define the people of God, it's faith. It's I believe that we can do this. I believe God is going to show up. I believe miracles are going to happen. I believe that God is going to change my family. I believe that God is going to bring provision. I believe that God is going to show up. If there's anything that should define us as a people of God, it is a spirit that is expecting God to still move today. Come on, do you believe that God still moves? Do you believe that God can still rescue your lost family and friends? Do you believe that? Because listen, expectant spirit is fueled by faith. Faith comes from the hearing of the word of God. And as we gather in a moment like this, sometimes what we need is to be reminded of what Jesus promised. You know what Jesus, he said, where two or more of you gather together, he said, I'm there. I'm gonna show up. If you agree with somebody else on anything, I'm going to hear from heaven. If you offer prayers up to God, God hears from heaven. We need to remember what Jesus said. I'm not going to leave you. He told his disciples, I'm not going to leave you as orphans. You might think when I'm gone, I'm gone, but I'm not gone because I'm going to give you my spirit. You, you need to know what he said. He said, that no eye has seen, no ear has heard, nor does it enter the mind of those who can believe that, that what God is about to do for those who love him. God is still doing miracles today. And I believe if there's something that should define a community like ours, it's people with expectant spirits who believe that God's still doing miracles. Can I ask you if you need a miracle in your life? Maybe it's time to start believing God for it. If you've been like, God, I just wish you would show up and do something. Maybe it's time to start having an expectant spirit. Maybe we'll be like the father who had a son who was, who was afflicted by an evil spirit and his disciples couldn't do anything about it. And he said to Jesus, Jesus, if you can, would you do something? Jesus said, if I can? What kind of, what kind of attitude is that? If I can? I said, help my unbelief. I don't know about you, but I want the spirit that raised Jesus from the dead to be alive inside of me. And I want it to flow out of me. I want every conversation I have that I am pouring out faith. I don't care how hard the situation, how bleak it is. I, every time I talk to my neighbor, every time, I want faith to come out of my mouth because that's what's inside of me about you but I I want to choose my spirit how do you choose your spirit you choose it because you have a different spirit here's the battle we all face I can either default to the way of the world or I can choose a different spirit now how do I choose a different how do I get a different spirit here's what I love second Corinthians 5 17 says this, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, it's a new creation. New creation comes and the old is gone and the new is here. Here's the good news for all of us today. Regardless of what you, you feel like, man, I wish I had a spirit like you're talking about. I wish, but I can't pretend you can't. What you need is the spirit of God in you. And maybe today, maybe today is something we all need to ask for. God, I want more of your spirit and less of my flesh so that I can have the kind of spirit that I can choose, that the world looks at and they go, 
I want what you have. I want what you have. Amen. Come on, you'll stand to your feet and let's pray. Let's stand up together and let's, let's ask God to give us a new spirit. Father, I pray right now for every person in the sound of my voice, God. Lord, I recognize that we face such incredible hardships and battles. God, there are struggles and things that people are dealing with today. But Lord, maybe we just needed reminded of some good news. The good news that we have, that God, you're with us. We got no weapon formed against us that will prosper. That, that God, you, you have put within us everything we need, God, for life and godliness. I pray right now, Father, for someone who's here watching this online who says, I want a different spirit. Today you're here, you're watching this, and you're saying, I want, a, I want that kind of spirit you're talking about. Let me just tell you, you can't choose that kind of spirit until you choose Jesus. Once you choose him and you invite his spirit to dwell inside of you, now you'll have the opportunity to walk in that new spirit, that new life. Maybe some of you here today in this room, you're hearing all this, you're saying, I wish to have this kind of spirit. You can. You can. This is not, you don't, this is not make-believe. You don't fake this. This is... You receive this by faith. Some of you today, it's time to receive it. Listen, as we're praying right now, I just want to invite you. If that's you today, you're saying, I want, I want a different spirit. Would you pray a prayer with me like this? It's by faith. You say, by faith, God, today I, I receive Jesus to be my Savior. And I believe he died for me. And you raised him to life so that I can have eternal life. And so today, right now in this moment, I ask for your spirit, God, to fill me, to change me, forgive me, make me a new creation. Would you take out my heart of stone and give me a new heart today and a new spirit? And Lord, I pray for every person right now that God, we needed to be reminded, every person here today that today, we need to be reminded that we have a different spirit in us that we've got a, a different spirit, God, because you dwell inside of us. God, we thank you for your spirit. We thank you, God, that you have given us a new spirit. Today, God, we receive that spirit in the name of Jesus. God, we receive it. Come on, would you just maybe lift your hands up if you don't feel too awkward doing that? Feel like God wants to pour out his spirit. God wants to give you something new today. God wants to give you something fresh today. God, I pray fresh anointing of your spirit on every single person. I pray, God, that you would just begin to pour out your spirit in greater measure. God, as we desire, those who hunger and thirst after the Lord will be filled. If you want it, you begin to ask him right now. You say, God, fill me with your spirit. God, fill me. Give me an enthusiastic spirit. Give me an encouraging spirit. Give me an expectant spirit. Give me a spirit of faith, God. Give me a spirit that believes you for greater things. 